Hey, uh, welcome back to another episode of The Russians. I'm your host, Yash Levine, and my co-host, Evgenia, is sitting across from me. Why do you have a last name and I don't? Oh, sorry, yes, Evgenia Kovda. <laughs> right. I'm sorry, we, we're, yeah, we, it's an equal opportunity um, workplace here. Equal no opportunity unemployed. <laughs> no. Equal opportunity unemployment. Unemployment, yeah. <laughs> Unemployer, you know, because they, right. they have to be you have the equal opportunity <laughs> employer. Employer, right. Unemployer for over here, yeah. Would, anyway, yeah, so well, say hello. Yes, hello. Um, I, I, this is kind of a, a milestone episode because um, this is the, the, probably going to be the last episode uh, they're going to be doing from our L.A. apartment, the one that we've spent um, the whole pandemic in pretty much yeah, yeah our um, dining room studio yeah I mean so basically we were you know I don't know people probably remember that we were fighting this eviction um, from our landlord who was trying who wanted to evict us um, in the middle of a pandemic and we kind of scored a minor victory against them we, we were able to at least postpone uh, our move out date so we got to be we got to be out of the house by uh, midnight um, July 31st yeah, yeah. but we're going to be I would like to few days but it doesn't, yeah. but it doesn't matter yeah. anyway so we're, this is going to be the last episode that we do from here we had some fun times here it's, it's pretty interesting we had our daughter here which is you know a pretty uh, we, we survived the pandemic or at least the first wave of the pandemic we'll see what happens later we had our daughter here Eurasia some good memories here you know we fought a greedy landlord and, and, and sort of won a bit you know had a, a a minor I wouldn't victory. call it like a victory. It was not a huge victory, but no, it was yeah. a minor victory. Minor we financial didn't fold, victory. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, and actually, we see this landlord now daily. Oh yeah, he's throwing uh, he away our trash. <laughs> yeah, it's actually it's really fun. He comes by on his tiny Mini Cooper, somehow very shiny, as if he like <laughs> washes yep. every day. Mm-hmm. And, he, and he's this like man in his seventies, pretty tall and scrawny. Yeah. And he's somehow now very concerned about the quality of the lawn. Yes. Because it's a really shitty lawn, right? Well, because well, the thing is, is that there's um, he's there's an, there's an apartment that's that people moved out in a different in a different apartment in the building, and so he's trying to rent it. And every time he he wants to rent an apartment, um, he tries to like you know pretty up the the. The, the, house, the facade, yeah. you know, he gives like a very, very superficial paint job to like cover up all the cracks in the building and like the, the, the plaster that's sort of falling apart because there's like water leakage in, in the roof and all this stuff. Yeah. He does a very poor job. And then though. he like yeah. tries to, and then, so he's, he, he's always promising that he's going to fix the, the lawn and everyone's pissed at him that it's a shitty, totally, it's sort of the shittiest lawn on the block. It's like the, Not it's on the, the most block, whole, maybe in the entire street for like, I don't know, mi- like a few it's, miles. It's true. He's the worst, <laughs> the worst lawn in the neighborhood. And he like is always promising new tenants. Oh yeah, yeah I'm fixing it as soon as you move in. We're, I'm gonna fix oh, it, yeah. and he never does. And so, and so he's like making sure that, wants to make sure that everything looks nice and presentable for tenants that are gonna be potentially moving in. And so we're starting to like pack up our all our stuff and are putting out you know onto the street you know, stuff that we don't need for people to pick up. And he's like, and and he when we actually caught him like he's actually throwing some of that stuff in the trash because he doesn't want it to be outside and. You know, uh, for prospective tenants up, to see, probably yeah, or something clutter. like that. And it's actually kind of an asshole move because what if someone yeah, needs that and he like were, drags it himself to the trash? So we're watching our landlord <laughs> drag our like kind of like crappy belongings to the trash. <laughs> oh, and by the way, how, how crappy is because we're clearly not like just bad mouthing him. Like the downstairs neighbors of ours who moved like fairly recently into like already an expensive unit that was sort of like redone as if yeah. have like nails sticking out of the um, yes. floor. Right. Yeah. yeah exactly. Got, they're like they're like cutting. Kinda... They're like cutting their feet on, on like the wooden floor that's um, 
it's basically the nails are coming out of, out of it. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a, he's like, you know, he's just this, speaking of immigrants, you know, we're, we're going to get into immigrants later on in this, in this episode, but like speaking of immigrants, you know, and, and the American dream, you know, this guy is clearly from an, an, an immigrant family. I'm not sure if, if he moved here, uh, but he's, uh, or, you know, he's, he's pretty old. So I don't know, he, I don't know when he came over. I think he's an Armenian. Uh, he comes from an Armenian immigrant community. He speaks Armenian. Uh, he has an Armenian last name. This is a very, we live in a very Armenian heavy neighborhood between um, Little Armenia and um, Glendale. So it's like, you know, the people to our left, the building is owned by an Armenian old lady who like is taking care of her lawn all the time and like personally. It's you a know, good lawn. Yeah, though. she takes care of it every day. She and then, you know, and then the building to our right is, is owned by Ar Armenians and is, is, um, is an apartment building and it's, it's, uh, the tenants are all Armenians and they're kind of more recent immigrants so they came from the Soviet Union so I can I speak Russian to them sometimes um, but he doesn't seem like he came from the Soviet Union he's probably like from an old, older wave of uh, Armenian immigration if I'm if I'm you know I would guess that he's probably part of the um, part of the Armenian wave of immigration that left uh, after the Armenian genocide yeah and then spread around I mean the, the Armenians went all over the place some of them went to Iran others went to Lebanon um, and so I'm sure and then you know and eventually some of them made their way to LA and Glen to Glendale um, and so uh, but anyway so here's like a, this this we're just living this very immigrant heavy community uh, with our immigrant landlord you know who should have solidarity with us immigrants because we're all immigrants here immigrants to, welcome yes immigrants welcome immigrants trying to make a trying to make a go at it you know and trying to reach the American dream and Meanwhile, this asshole has, you know, basically evicted us as soon as he found out that Evgeny was pregnant. <laughs> you, you, and he, like, initiated eviction proceedings the very next day. Uh, and uh, in the middle of a fucking pandemic. Yeah, and now he's walking around, you know, rubbing his hands together, thinking about how he's going to be able to charge, you know, probably, you know, maybe 30% more for the apartment once we move out. Yeah, it's a rent-controlled apartment, and so... Um, He's uh, gonna make you know he's gonna be able to make an extra thousand dollars a month. Mm. In yeah. fact, I want to like at some point I don't know once we move out and it's all done. I don't know. We, I, I don't mind like dragging his name <laughs> into this because he's extremely anti like almost like not all all landlords probably hate homeless community, but not all landlords are very active yeah. in the like, like fighting them basically. Yes. So he's like an activist landlord. Which yeah, is yeah. a I mean, particularly it's, evil it's kind. Really, so, it's really kind of dis yeah. disgusting. Yeah, when, when, once he started to try to evict us, I was like, who the fuck is this mm -hmm. guy? So I started looking into it, into him, into, into his past. Uh, and like, you know, one of the first things that comes up is like the guy led this very shady effort, basically an opaque uh, nonprofit <laughs> that was set up by what I can only just imagine are sort of real estate interests in this neighborhood in Los Feliz, um, you know, who are trying to, suing the city in an attempt to block the construction of a homeless shelter that was be, that's that's they they were you know they were planning to you know maybe like a mile away from us um in this really kind of crappy part of the neighborhood right by the freeway like that no one fucking uses it's a totally everyone just drives by it there's nothing there and he was and he was the face of it so he there's this opaque group that was set up to funnel money to fight this lawsuit against the city and he was the only guy who was publicly associated with it you know and so he was the guy who was you know uh, quoted by the LA Times and interviewed by the LA Times about it so he's a real dick who doesn't mind being kind of the face of this evil effort to block a homeless uh, uh, shelter from being built in the neighborhood anyway he's a total dick we should talk about him later because we went through a pretty a kind of interesting and a funny and a somewhat comic uh, uh, absurd process, you know, because we did go to eviction court in the middle of the pandemic. 
you know we, we had, had an amazing lawyer that basically made our landlord's lawyer scared yeah and like immediately making concessions yes that's what happened basically it's not like us and the lawyer and the lawyers that were on the other side were from a law firm whose url is evict123.com they're the major they're the biggest evictors in the in like la county i think you know processing like thousands they have like thousands of cases active at any given time like they're an eviction mill essentially um anyway so but we'll talk about that later i think once we get this process yeah, yeah. over and behind us because it's it was yeah, it was yeah it was an interesting it was it was we had a good immigrant to immigrant experience um <laughs> yeah I, I, now when it's all over it's fine but i was it was very hectic and scary definitely like when i first heard of it i was like we need to get out of this country yeah i was like we're moving <laughs> to Italy <laughs> or I don't yeah, know just like to run. Yeah, Ma- anywhere. Macedonia I don't know anywhere. away from America yeah 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 and no then, it was look um, it was it was we can laugh at it now but it was, was like it was weird you, know, you were in the middle of a pandemic we're basically Pregnant. struggling to make ends meet we're um we, um, you know, you were like, we just found out you're pregnant, which is fucking freaky. You know, we don't know what's going to happen to the kid. Like, what, what, the, what, what the hell is going on? And then suddenly this asshole, he just said, just for no reason whatsoever, no, no reason whatsoever, uh, decides to just completely, uh, just evict us right in the spot. Yeah. And um, Yeah, we never denied him rent. So no, that's actually... We we're paying on time every day, every month and, you know, good tenants. And anyway, election. let's stop complaining. So, okay, yes. but we're going to talk today about your... I would say, I wouldn't say upcoming. I think book in progress. Yeah, yeah. Book that I just decided to write uh, finally but, but after that, years, no, years of kind of... No, but that you have been writing, actually. I wouldn't say, I've been like, writing, but I've been yes, writing it. I've been writing, but I've... I've, I've um, I've kind of uh, wouldn't admit it to myself. You, yeah, you like, it's almost like, yeah. <laughs> I was in denial. In denial of writing it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's, so, you know, like, because I've been kind of interested in... I mean, I don't know, I don't even know where we start with this, because it's... Um, well, let's. Um, I know you you wrote about it briefly, but it's a different medium. <laughs> so you want to say what it's? I mean, more or less, you know what it's going to be called. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I mean, it's called. Okay. So the book I'm calling it. <laughs> calling it. The title is "The Soviet Jew: A Weaponized Immigrant's Tale," and the book is. Um, I think it's going to have like a couple of different things going on. I mean, part of it is going to be. A, I'm going to try to tell us sort of the personal story of being an immigrant from the Soviet Union and, and, and about my family's immigration process and sort of why that why it happened and sort of our personal story and and kind of and but then also that's sort of the the, the one track and then the other track is going to be the sort of the political and or the, the historical aspect of our immigration which is you know what were the forces that were arraigned you know in in America um why were we why were we such privileged immigrants why were we you know why was the entire american establishment um geared to rescuing us from from communism and from the soviet union um what was that about you know you know so the details of that process um um and sort of of course also the kind of the zionist aspect of it the israeli aspect of it um, I really like the sorry to interrupt you that um, I think it was in one of your posts I liked it you you called um, your, your group of immigrants the it victim the it victims yeah I mean, it's look, really I, I mean I know it almost sounds very cynical but it's, it really like describes what it was I mean I, th- I think you know one of the things that surprised me like looking back at the, at the history of our immigration because most Soviet Jews you know they come here they kind of know that there was like agitation happening in America for them, you know, but if they're not, people aren't really political, first of all, especially when they come here uh, at first and they're just trying to make a, a living and all this stuff. So, and they're like, you know, so the, the immigrant sort of American awareness of America or American culture and American politics for the, for, begins the moment you arrive. You know, that's like, that's like the, the, the beginning of the history of this country. So it's like, 
so they, so they don't really know, you know, um, kind of what, what was going on in the 70s and the 80s um, before, before. My family definitely doesn't know any of this stuff. Uh, and no one that I really know knows any of this stuff. I mean, they might know some details of it. But yeah, we were, there was a huge um, political and cultural movement, you know, in America um, to, to, to shine a light on the suffering of, on the suffering of Soviet Jews and, you know, and the fact that they are on the verge uh, of, a, of an ex-Holocaust, of, yeah, of a second Holocaust, Holocaust of, a, of a red Holocaust, basically. Uh, Did they say? Well, no, they wouldn't say no, that. No, they, they didn't. But they, but they would yeah. equate the Nazis and the Soviet yeah. Union, and then they would, and they, and they would, and they would, you know, they would do this kind of thing where, like, they would do this kind of biblical comparisons, uh, comparing sort of uh, yeah, comparing the, the Soviet Union to Egypt, you know, sort of the Exodus tale with, um, you know. Uh, the Jewish people being enslaved and they're not, you know, being kept in bondage, right? <laughs> um, and that, like, this is, they're trying to, like, affect, they're basically, I guess they saw themselves in the role of God, you know, trying to affect Exodus, trying to affect the Soviet Union into letting my people go, you know? I don't know who Moses is in this. In this who is Moses? Maybe, like, Ray, Ronald Reagan, I don't know. Um, um, but there's, but anyway, but you know, they're trying to do these it's parallels. It's very like on culture. Yeah, they're trying to do these parallels, and in fact, that you know, uh, well, I bought my this actually souvenir for my parents um, when we were visiting them uh, last month. But then I then I stole it from them. Uh, it, it's this it's this, it's this book, um, you know, this the seder, which is the the kind of the booklet you. Um, uh, the kind of the, the prayers and sort of the, that you read during Passover, you know, the Jewish holiday, the Passover for Passover holiday, which is to commemorates and sort of celebrates uh, ex the Exodus, Jewish Exodus from Egypt, and sort of the the first sort of the sort of sort of bond between the Jewish people and their God, you know, um, and then their their deliverance into the the, the promised land, you know, into into Israel. Uh, and the sort of the wandering of the desert, so it's like they're the vanquishing of the foe, right? And so you know the, all this thing, you, you kind of do the, you kind of go through the, the motions. I kind of like the holiday. It's it's a very it's a very um it's a very uh, militaristic, very bloodlust kind of, um, you know, um, holiday. Uh, and it's very I feel like it's very honest. You know, it doesn't try to do this. One thing I, I do like about Judaism in general is that it's kind of an honest religion. It doesn't try to do the whole like oh so kind while doing genocide but the reform yeah. does reform does that it's true but it, but it's like exactly it's like they're because it's they're trying to like make themselves look like more like christians or something the bible the old testament you know is like brutal it is just full of genocide it's like the thing that happens you know god tells you to genocide someone you genocide them that's god's will you're a good person you and know? also good and bad is kind of interesting yeah. basically if god is with you you're good. whatever you do is like a godly deed whatever yeah and even if it's genocide yes there is <laughs> so yeah. i mean they don't really have the christian kind of idea of no. morality so and the Jews could pretend that they do it's, it's bullshit it's and which is, which is actually much more in line with the real world it's like yeah. if you are powerful you can if, do if, whatever if, the hell you yeah, want if power was, was with you, you, you whatever you do is moral and so you're only immoral if you lose and if you're weak basically and so that's the Bible and so I kind of like that the, the you know Passover when you do you sit down and do the whole the whole Seder and the whole dinner with the family and like the kids are there and you're supposed to teach them about this stuff it's, it's, it's kind of cool but so what they did what they did is they they, for, 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 they you kind of usually, you know, people have like their little prayer books that they have at the table with them. And so in the 70s and 80s, they did these special editions where they replaced the Jews of Egypt with the Jews of, Israel, of, of, of the Soviet Union. And so you're like celebrating sort of the Jewish escape from bondage 
you know, in Egypt, while weaving in the idea that like there are still people in bondage and we need to free them just like we did, you know, back in, you know, whatever, how many thousands of years ago. Is that booklet far away? Because I remember one was really something. Yeah, yeah, the book isn't far away. I got it. Yeah, I mean, what you what you were talking about is you like the so there's the there's the 10 plagues, right? The 10 plagues, the original 10 plagues that when the Pharaoh, you know, when Moses went to went to the Pharaoh and said, hey, man, you know, my God over here says you got to let the Jews go. You got to let my people go. And the Pharaoh's like, fuck you and your God, you know, go, go fuck off. You know, tell the slaves to shut up. <laughs> Moses like, I, I, and I warned you, you know, I, you know, I, I'm not saying this. It's the God saying this. <laughs> so then, so the, and the God, you know, to convince the, the Egyptians to, of his power, his or her power, uh, their power. <laughs> um, you know, unleash these 10 plagues, right? So they unleash blood, frogs, lice, beasts, pestilence, boils, hail, locusts, darkness, and then the ultimate one is the slaying of the firstborn child. That's bad. I think the first ma- firstborn male, probably, because I mean. Why so. are you saying that? Well, just because I don't think they really cared about the, the women back then, you know? I feel like I have a firstborn. <laughs> we have a firstborn, yeah. <laughs> it's funny, it's like this, it's, they didn't have the whole like, you know, gender sort of like, I don't think you could pick your gender back then, you know, so. Uh, if you were born with, yeah, so it was, anyway, it was, a rigid, it was a rigid time, a different time. Um, so, and so, you know, those are the templates. And so the, the, the booklet, the, this, this sort of special, um, this special, uh, the special league called the Freedom Haggadah. You know, it's the booklet for um, the Haggadah. Is I guess the the booklet for, if I'm not mistaken, this. I'm such a I'm such a serious Jew that I'm, I'm I know all my terms. I think the Haggadah is the actual like booklet that you sort of read from, or like the prayer booklet that you read from for the Seder of Passover Look, Seder. I, I didn't even know what Shema was until Anya told me. Gotcha. That. And so uh, and so this special thing they they kind of did. So they do the ten plague business, right? Um, and then they kind. And then they added stuff for, for to commemorate the Soviet Union and the Jews. And so... So there's one that particularly stands out. Yes. So basically, they're also trying to, like, they're also doing this kind of voodoo thing, on saying, like, just like Egypt got, like, the 10 plagues, we think that the Soviet Union needs to be uh, sort of impacted or, like, cursed by these other plagues that we think it's going to be cursed. And it's being cursed like, by, by it. And those, and those curses are the following international respect they're gonna lose it you know creative talent you're gonna suffer like suffer creative artistic gifts you're gonna lose scientific genius you're gonna lose technological acumen you're gonna lose technological acumen. who comes up with this stuff what the heck is a technological acumen so these Do are the they things mean like Soviets won't be able to make t- tanks yeah no. go to the moon or something or yeah or like go to orbit so 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 basically they're saying that you know these are the, the, the I mean the original ones are blood frogs lice beasts are much better than artistic gifts scientific genius it's kind of weak right but 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 in the end they turn out to be true right because that's what I, yeah. why I wanted you to read this because well that's fucking curse that came true like once yeah. the Soviet Union collapsed they did lose I mean it, I don't know, you can read it again, but like definitely <laughs> they lost a lot of that. Look at this, it's saying, forsaking the opportunity for repentance, the Soviets also suffer modern plagues. We spill drops of wine on our plates for, in the persecution of Jews, the Soviet Union suffers the loss of international respect, creative talent, artistic gifts, scientific genius, technological acumen. I mean, 
It's true. It's true. Uh, not. It's true. I mean, no, it's, a lot it's, of people, people either laughed. Yeah, the or, brain drain. Or, or, yeah. Or the brain drain was definitely true. Still, still, actually, is yeah. well. And then what else? It just and a lot of things just collapsed. It's not about leaving, yes. really. So the plagues came true. It's kind of creepy, actually, isn't it? Everything went yeah. dead for a while. I would say even now, not really recovered. Yeah. So. So so you know it's, it's interesting. So when you do the when on the, the seder when you do these when you recount when you recount the ten plagues. I mean, at least the ones that I've been to, the dinners that I've been to. Uh, you recount the 10 plagues, you know, that the Egyptians suffered. And you, mm-hmm. for every plague, you got to dip your finger into, into wine, signifying blood, right? And like dot it, your plate with it. And that's how I did it. How weird it's a, is it's that? It's a totally... It's a, Wait, it's, and it was at the reform place? It's a reform. I mean, we did it at... Okay, so in, in, it, in the first place that I went to, the first dinner like that I went to was with these um, actually Jewish family... If I'm not mistaken, it would be the, the sort of Ron and Lynn. You met them. Yeah. Um, and we went to their, to, you know, we went and they had to have these yearly dinners at their house. They're pretty nice. You know, there's nice liberal Jews yeah. um, surrounded there. They're all nice people. And so you, and so they, they would have like a booklet like this. Okay. That they pass out and you do this through the whole service. You, you have like special, you know, special foods and there's, you got your like, you got your special, there's like a, a cup for Elijah. There's like, you got to hide the matzah. There's a whole, like, there's a whole um, tradition behind it. And one of the things, the, one, I, my favorite was the, the 10 plagues, always. Because it was such a, it was such a, like, I don't know, like a heavy metal kind of thing to do. Because it's like, you recount the plagues. Basically, you, you know, it's, and then like killing all the first burnt children of Egypt, you know. <laughs> um, like, and every single one of them, it's like blood. You dip, you sort of dip your finger into the cup of wine. And you have your plate, it's empty. And you dot the outer rim of the plate with, you know, a, a, like a drop of blood. And you go, and then you go, the first one is like, you know, the rivers turn to blood, right? The Nile turns to blood. You, not, you dip, dip it, you make a little drop of blood. Then the frogs came down, you know, that's the thing. You, and you kind of recount, this is what we do, this is what our God did to them. Do you think there's any segregation that actually does it with, uh, with their own blood rather than the wine? Well, maybe, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. It's a good question. Maybe, I mean, that'd be pretty cool. I mean, it would be hard, more hardcore. Or maybe, what if you find an Egyptian, you bring them, and you use their blood to do it. That would be more for real. <laughs> you kidnap an Egyptian and use their blood. Yeah. It's, it's a very ritualistic, very militaristic, because it's about the, the, you know, it's a cool, anyway. So it's, a, it's, a very, it's one of my favorite holidays, I think, you know, the Jewish holidays. Plus, it's like, you know, you do it at home, you don't do it in the stupid synagogue. Um, but anyway, so they, they, they had, they, had they, they, this was produced by you know uh, these sort of Jewish organizations that were agitating for the release of of, of Soviet Jews, and really, um, a lot of them were pushing this idea that the Soviet Union was about to genocide its Jews, and so that's why. The, so anyway, so part of this part of it, part of the book that I'm writing is about this sort of this kind of this history that I didn't really know about until fairly recently. You know, no, no one from my community sort of knows really knows about it. Maybe they know bits and pieces of it. Um, so there's the sort of the, the historical aspect of it, but then there's the other kind of aspect of it, which is you know I don't know it's 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 not like it's not going to be a huge part of the book I think, but I want to get to it at some point, which is that um, I mean it's just weird you know like as I as I wrote in my sort of the, my, my my introduction that I've been kind of working on and 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 posting uh, over the last couple of weeks I mean um, you know you know. J- w- w- the Soviet Jews um, you know the reason we were became these it victims and the entire American political establishment sort of supported us um, was because we were very useful as a as a as a Cold War weapon, right? We were we were being weaponized in the sort of ideological fight, yeah, fight against the Soviet Union, and as a way of almost almost like lancing it, like weakening, you know, cutting it a little bit. Because if you're 
first of all, it's like the, these people who want to leave, you know, it, it really does um, uh, undermine this whole, this whole idea that the Soviet Union is a, is a great place, um, in, it, both internationally, also internally, mm -hmm. um, demoralizes people in the Soviet Union. Uh, and so we were seen as this really uh, almost like a perfect, you know, I don't know, like a chess piece or something to like move around and to play with in order to undermine the Soviet Union. But of course, the Soviet Union don't, no longer exists. And so, like, you know, our usefulness, you know, isn't as great as it used to be for, for you know, so, but, but what's interesting is that as, as, as immigrants, you know, as, as immigrants who are saved from communism, we continue to be very useful. You know, I mean, we're like, we're paraded around as these examples of like, you know, that the American system is the, is the only great system in the world. It's the only correct system in the world. And that if you try to impose other kinds of political systems, right, other kinds of economic systems, or tinker with capitalism or change capitalism in any way. Road to serfdom. You, yeah, you get road to serfdom and you basically get the Soviet Union. And we're, like, we're like the trophies, we're like the trophies. We're like brought back from the, from like the you know, from the, from some kind of like savage land, you know, to tell, to tell to, as a warning tale, right, to Americans and to the American political systems, like look at these people, we rescued them, look how grateful they are. They know. They know what it was like, you know, on that road to serve them, you know. They, 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 they had like, they were there in this country that wanted to be good for people, that wanted to do, do you know, this ideology that wanted to create, yeah, yeah, to create equality and all these things, nice sounding ideas. But what happens when you put it into practice? Totalitarianism, evil, you know, genocide. Uh, look at them and look how they're running away from there, you know. And, and then so they've lived that experience and so they know and better than like anyone. Yeah. Learn based on their example. Exactly. Don't, don't basically don't make this mistake. Exactly. It's like you as Americans have it too good. You're yeah. too soft. You like lived in this, you know, this prosperous society that's free, blah, blah, blah. And like you don't know. So you don't, you're going to make that mistake, you know, thinking that you can make it better. You won't. It's actually like, and I'm not laughing at it at all because that's, that's the group kind of yeah. group thing. I don't know. Your dad would repeat that or something like about like if he hears something like oh, if I'm no. reading Marx or something about Marx he's like oh that like another like idealistic Jew idiot yeah. I, I, I mean I'm not repeating verbatim but pretty yeah. no <laughs> pretty I mean much. look it's, 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 it's not just my dad it's every Jew yeah, yeah, it's every Jew it's pretty much every Soviet Jew I mean you know there's like obviously not it's, you can't say everyone but like the majority of Soviet Jews you know uh, some of my closest friends from you know from um you know, from San Francisco, the ones that I grew up with, you know, the ones that were kids when they came over here, they'll say that, you know, I mean, it's not a controversial thing no, to say. No, 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 it's not. And, it in just... fact, and in fact, like, I mean, even people who are not even Jewish, but who are in Russia right now will say the same thing, right? Yeah, well, in Russia, for sure, but they're even like, um, I mean, from what I've heard, some people just purely... Um, don't even say, oh, it's idealistic do-gooders who failed. It's more like, oh, those evil people pretending to be do-gooders yeah. while just wanting to take power. Yes. And that's all yeah. there is to that. Gotcha. So there's another aspect to it. Yeah. There are other aspects. So anyway, there's like all this. No, I, I would but, say but, this one is not even that so bad sounding. The one that's like, oh, they yeah, tried. But, uh, no, but I mean, but they, but they also, like you can make it say like they tried, but... But human nature is not fit for that. Yes, human nature, but also it's like they were able to do people with these slogans, right? Yeah. And like, so people wanted that, okay, yes, but then look at them, these horrible people came to power and just used it, these slogans as a way of yeah. seizing control. I mean, and so, I mean, so that's sort of the default position. And I think, you know, it's not just, it's like not just, um, you know, Soviet Jews. It's almost, it's pretty much, it's pretty right? much Im most immigrants... 
Um, especially, but it's particularly from like countries that had a socialist system or some kind of communist system in place are, are, are used like that and will basically say the exact same thing. And so from my perspective, you know, it's always, it's why it's, it's like there's like a total of schizophrenia, you know, which is that like, if, if I really, if I like ad, uh, adopt that framework, you know, it's like, I can't really, I mean, I can't really criticize, you can't criticize America, you know, you can't, you can't be critical of anything in this country really, you know. Um, and so, but, but it's like, so how do you deal with it? You know, as someone who kind of uh, grew up here and, and sort of sees the, all the, you know, the various problems in the society that are pretty fundamental, not just like in terms of, you know, you know, over the last 30 years that we've been here, you know, it's, it's been, it's actually this month, it's 31 years since we came to America. And so like, the question is, you know, like the, the, the country in the last three decades is, has gotten noticeably more like worse, you know, in, in all these different ways, you know, from like, from just sort of the, the you know, the, the income inequality, the sort of the, the, you know, just like the homelessness. I mean, just almost any metric, you know, there's more wars, there's more pollution, there's more um, corruption, there's more um, less democracy, there's like, you know, more monopoly, there's everything, and all these sort of more oligarchs, you know, bigger oligarchs. I mean, so it's like, you know, even we're just watching sort of America that I've been here, I've seen it sort of decline, stagnate in this massive way. But even on a fundamental level, it's when, it, when someone says, sort of when an immigrant from the Soviet Union like me kind of looks at America and, and, and kind of fundamentally disagrees with the whole premise of the society, you know, which is that like, it's premised on this kind of, on a, on a, on a you know, consumerist ideology that like the ultimate sort of success in, 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 in American society is to, is to become rich and to cure, you know, homes and sort of live like, live the life of like a little Caesar or someone, you know, like a little Lord, you know, that's the, that's the, if, if you, if you sort of disagree with the, with the, the, and are trying to find something different, you know, some kind of trying to something more meaningful, a more meaningful, um, basis on which to live life rather than just this sort of capitalist consumerism that, 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 that America sort of, that, that is an American religion and a religion that it's exported to the rest of the world pretty much. You and know? basically almost like that requires you to believe that you always need more and expand, yes. right? Because it's never enough. It's never enough and it's, and it's, yeah, it's also predicated on this, like, on, on this yeah. cult of technology where yeah. you're like, you're always chasing after the new latest thing. It's the new latest gadget, the new latest thing that's being rolled out and you know, it's like this never ending churn and it's like, it's, 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 it's soul sucking. It's like a death cult. It's also destroying the planet. It's killing everything in its path. And it's sort of also trampling, you know, I don't know, the human spirit, I don't know. Anyway, so when, when you're critical of, when you're critical of America, and you, but you're also like a Soviet immigrant who came, you know, who was rescued by America and, and lives in the best possible world. You know, <laughs> of all worlds, you know, America is supposed to be the best possible world. I mean, that's sort of the immigrant perspective. And, you know, but when you uh, disagree with this best possible world, what, like, where do you, where do you go? You know, like, what's the, so I'm, you know. What, what I think if, you immigrate again. Yeah, but no, but that's the, <laughs> yeah, no, but that's the problem is that right. it's not like there isn't a place there isn't a countervailing society anywhere, really, you know? Yeah, Not but it, in truth, there are other um, slightly, like, I mean, whatever, there are other countries and other cultures where even if American death cult is present because it's a, like, imperial hegemony, yes. uh, there's, like, a different idea of what's valuable in life that still survives. So, yeah. I'm, I'm sorry, you're, like, a bit, I, you I, know, I, I like mean, okay, I'm maybe oversimplifying it, yeah. but at the same time, well, yeah, but, like, okay, so I would have to move to, I mean, the, the answer is, like, to move to Italy. Where there's, village, there, where there's like still some semblance of some old world or some Italian approach to things. Yeah. 
Yeah. But for that, you need to like, yeah, need to, to leave. Live, to yeah. leave yeah. 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 But it's basically allow it to leave it, right? <laughs> I mean, well, I mean, that's kind of the, I guess it's the, pro, I guess it's the problem. I mean, look, there's, so it's, yeah, you can leave, you can run again. And so it's like, but again, it's like, there isn't really, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I actually, there might be, I, I, there might be different ways of living in the, in the societies, you know, I, I, I actually, I don't know, like I'm, I'm pretty skeptical of the fact they're fundamentally different. It's, it's, I mean, uh, what like so they're a bit like you know I guess they may be a bit um, you know they're just not a, they're not America basically America isn't just the it's sort not, of, yeah because yeah. America's not just death cult it's just a work cult yes and that really doesn't exist everywhere yeah, you can even be more of a like, slacker yeah yeah definitely even though you know it's just <laughs> no yeah it's just it's, the the values there are kind of similar but there's you know maybe you don't have to work as much or at least or I don't have to work as much because. I, it's, it would be cheaper for me there because I come from the center of the empire. Yeah, but then it's <laughs> just basically using American imperialism to your own advantage. Yes, yeah, exactly. Which is, is, is I mean, anyway, it's, it's like look, there's yeah. the, the, there's the, the the whole thing is you know forget like sort of the practical aspects of what do I do? I mean, because there isn't really anything you can do because it's it's a hegemonic presence. You know, you can sort of try to run away from it and yeah. kind of like find pockets where it's not as where it hasn't like it's not like hundred percent you know, taken root and there are still yeah. like some, some, some other cultural sort of protections that exist around the world, you know, from, from this hegemony. But like the, but, but, but I think sort of, in you know, from like a, I don't know, like a spiritual or a philosophical approach from, from like a personal crisis approach. <laughs> it's like, like you're, as an immigrant, I'm supposed to be like, I'm supposed to exist in the best, like I'm supposed to not worry about that. I'm supposed to try to make my life in, in, in the, best possible future that exists for humanity which is America which is here and also as if you're given the most best opportunities here yes. again right and so and so like but I don't like I don't yeah I kind of I profoundly disagree with that formulation first of all that this is the only or the best possible future and but like so how do I come to terms with that so I don't know that's also part of why, part kind of, of what, book, what, yeah. why well why I don't know how I'm going to address it or how I'm going to get to it but like um, you know this is definitely a, a big part of my um, you know, if, uh, like it's maybe it's not super well thought out because um, I'm still kind of trying to like uh, I don't know clarify these things in my head, but like because you know it's it's a schizophrenic um, it's a schizophrenic I don't know uh, situation to be in kind of you know like having to do having to like think about that uh, and having to kind of work through it I guess uh, so anyway it's like a, it was one of the mo it's, there's a bunch of motivating things yeah. Um, that are going into this book, and that's sort of one of them. That's sort of you know underlying in it, it particularly because I you know as 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 I get older and as I see you know I kind of see more and more that you know America isn't just it's not like a thing that you can sort of oh we can reform it or we can like you know soften the edges. It's like the whole under underpinning of like of society here, this you know hyper industrial civilization that is just grinding through life on on this planet. You know for like for just for what you know like that it's and it's and it's it's not even just even tied to necessarily capitalistic societies but also like you know the soviet union had similar problems uh and china has adopted this basically mode of living from what i can understand um you know um to provide certain lifestyle which like is lifest weird for for a still a minority like, still right? well, yeah, yeah exactly but i don't know but i actually one of the things that um i mean whatever i'm interested in you're writing this book obviously i'm looking forward but um i wonder if you like can briefly talk about what even made you you know <laughs> first realize that um you part of this group because it seemed to be you're talking about how it's like was long 
you're, you kind of had like a late coming of age story so right because it isn't yeah. it partially related to you know you writing about this now and getting pretty deep into this that because you were kind of ignoring yeah. the immigrant kind of part of I don't know identity for a long time yeah which I don't know people can ignore forever it doesn't even matter yeah. the majority of people but I guess if for thinkers writers it's a bit different because you have to kind of like or, uh, come I mean, to terms with it or, um, yeah, right? or the people that I've seen you know the, the kind of I'll say I don't know the, the kind of the the immigrants that I've seen kind of deal with the deal in the most standard ways they, do, they adopt all the standard um sort of narratives they'll be like we were rescued you know america is the best country on earth blah 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 blah. so like you know if you look at any of the sort of the russian immigrants masha gessen uh, like yeah. masha gessen or you know julie yoffe i mean I, I just you know the top sort of let's say journalists who, i mean i'll just compare myself to them because we're sort of in the same profession you know they have the standard they have the standard sort of imperial narrative which is like completely conforming to the narrative that america has about them and sort of reflecting that same narrative back in America and reaffirming that America is the greatest country on earth. And so I was always like a not a very, you know, I guess I'm always, this is not a thing that I was like, I never thought that way, I guess, or it was, I never, I, I never, um, um, I mean, look, <laughs> being an immigrant is just a very schizophrenic thing, uh, especially for, for my family. You know, we were my parents are very like sort of integrationists, and, and rightly so because they wanted to like succeed and wanted to give their kids a sort of a, a fighting chance to succeed in this country. So we were like, so they had a very integrationist approach. We never really like you know never really held on to the, to the sort of our cul the, the culture of the you know the homeland, the Soviet Union. They ran away from that place. They don't like that place. So they sort of like jettisoned it completely. You know, and so. So I, I always knew that I was, just, you know, came from somewhere else. And I grew up with also all these immigrants in San Francisco from, you know, until I went to college, basically, I was in this insular immigrant community. So I knew I was an immigrant, you know what I mean? Like, it wasn't like I was... Yeah, I know, it wasn't a secret, but like, you yes. told me that once you were an adult, you thought you were an American. Well, because it's like, because I, I, no, it's, well, I mean, it's not, I didn't think it was, I, I just, I, what is an American, you know? Yeah, like, that's the question, you know, because Americans, like, I grew up in San Francisco where, it's a it's a very immigrant heavy city, especially back then. You know where like it wasn't like the super tech, like you know it wasn't like the super corporate professional thing. But it, it was you know a lot of new immigrants lived there. You know in my neighborhood in the Richmond district, my my school was you know probably minority you know American you know um, you know quote unquote people who were born in this country. I mean there was a, a lot of black kids there. You know they were probably the most American out of them. There were some white kids, and there was a lot of immigrants. There's a lot of Russians. There's a lot of people from the Philippines. There's a lot of Vietnamese people. I got like into fights with some of them. I mean, there's like you know we had like eth eth ethnic sort of fights with you know Vietnamese. It's just, it was anyway. It was really, so like our my high school for instance was very very so like to I me, see what you mean. What is America? What is America? So diverse. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like I always so but I know what you mean. It's like so I didn't really but I do like again like in order to really understand. I think the the reason a lot of people, I mean, I've 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 heard from now a lot of different people have you know realize that really come start to come to terms with their immigrant identity in like a more holistic way later in life. Later right? in life, because you need to have a command of some facts and like to have some maturity and also to have a bit of an expansive understanding of you know sort of history and, and yeah. politics and, uh, and 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 so and so yeah so I mean like I had this it's a schizophrenic nature I had like these two sides to myself basically which is that I had like the immigrant side and then I had like 
and especially in like the professional realm, I, yeah. guess, I guess. But you know, just to add to that, as an like, like, I'm like, I guess an insider, outsider. Uh, I would say that you also, whatever that means, you're like American passing. Yes. Because you don't really yes. have an accent, yes. and only like very some people are just very astute or they're linguists. They hear like something yeah. a little bit, but most people don't. And I, I think it actually creates it creates a more schizophrenic nature. I insist because like once yes. I started uh, meeting uh, your, uh, I don't know. Immigrant friends or people who actually have a thick accent. Yes, it's harder to pass. Yeah, they know they're the others. Yes. they like also sometimes have like slightly weird mannerism. I don't know. There's something no. weird about. Also, it. also, also, you know, the name that I had, the name that I adopted for myself, like the sort of the Ellis Island names. I mean, it's basically an American name. It would be Jacob Levine. You know, it wasn't Yakov Lewandowski. Yeah, all, all I'm saying, it's, yeah. it's good and bad. You're good because you're passing, doesn't matter. Yes, no, but I, bad because it's more schizophrenic because it, you're like, it, okay, they think I'm an American. Yes, it's, it's, um, it didn't make it easier probably for me or made me, it, 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 what it did is it, it, it allowed me to sort of um, postpone the sort of the uh, kind of a, a, the need to deal with like the different sides of my identity because like I could hide one. And especially like in the professional side, like, you know, when I became a journalist, I like, you know, I kind of, you know, I didn't, I, I had no other, like, a, I, I kind of adopted an American view on things because I didn't know what else kind of view to adopt, you know, on the world. Because, like, I'm like, that's, I kind of, I, I didn't, you know, I didn't go to, I didn't like, there's no Soviet view on America. It's just the American view on America, right? I mean, there's a Soviet immigrant view on, on America. It's sort of, the so, so Soviet immigrant view on America is like the most cliche um, American patriotic view it, true. on America. True, even more patriotic as they say, Pravye Tolkestyanka. Yeah, so exactly. It's like, it's like the converts, you know, it's like the, 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 when you're converted to a faith. You're, you're more faithful than everyone yeah. else. And so like the, the, the immigrants are, are the most faithful, you know, American patriots, you know, believe in capitalism, all this stuff. And grateful. And grateful and like, and like, and, you know, anyway, so, so for me, so there was no like there was when I became a journalist and I'm like looking critically or whatever looking trying to look at 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 America as it exists. Like there is no Soviet immigrant view yeah. on America. It's like the only view of Soviet immigrant America is like America is great, America is wonderful. And I so, guess the only thing yeah. like because I know you were familiar with it, you even like Matt the guy like Lamanov had a kind of a bit more interesting. But even actually now rereading him like a few years ago or like last year, yeah, not really. But, he, but not he's actually a, not really. But he doesn't count because he came a fully formed individual to America. He not came a kid. As, an, as, as a as a as a full on adult, you know, with like his own views on on life and and. Um, and so, you know, when you, which is a big, which is a huge difference than, and he was, you know, and he was not like, and he was a, you know, a kind of a, a lifelong, like, rebel, basically, yeah. against whatever. But, the, but even know. that, he actually wasn't that, whatever, it's a different topic, we might talk about it one day, but now we're reading his It's Me, Eddie, he's not very perceptive about America, he's probably very perceptive about the immigrant um, yeah. ordeal here, because yes. he was actually hanging out with, with bohemian immigrants, with yeah. like different writer wannabes from Russia, Soviet Union, different like semi-Russian like yes. uh, community uh, literati in New York, it's very specific. Yes. So, and what he did write about America and the poor people in America, it's actually very racist and not very perceptive. Yeah. yeah remember? It's anyway, pretty, but I it's won't. Pre, it's pretty good, conservative in a way, yeah. yeah. Very conservative, actually not really particularly No, no, exactly. Impressive. He was, he was, he, his, his, he never really went into America. Like, he went, he was, yeah, hanging out only in like the, in the bohemian immigrant Soviet immigrant ghetto. Yeah. yeah, like the dissident Soviet Which immigrant ghetto. Which is an ghetto. interesting ghetto. It's interesting to read about them. They're yeah. actually a bit more, you know, they're not necessarily integrationist. They, some, a lot of them are losers and they're kind of, yeah. kind of 
interesting. They're interesting stuff. No, exactly. There. I mean, and and I, and and I didn't have that. Like, so the so the, the, the I like the, there's only there's a there's like a couple of different communities that I dealt with. You know, so immigrant communities that I dealt with in in, in America. One was just sort of like the most ba- kind of a basic immigrant community, which is like the kids that I grew up with from you know from sc- in school uh, from in the neighborhood, which are like. You know, from some of them are, you know, have like more, um, I guess, from slightly more educated families, but they're usually like pretty, you know, like, like working class to like Soviet middle class, you know, very standard families, you know, very like it's all about, you know, there's just there's nothing interesting going on there. And then the other then kind of the more intel, 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 in, the intelligentsia that I came into contact with was at Berkeley. And there were just a lot more just they're like, you know, came from, you know, families that had, you know, um, like whatever. Um, you know, PhDs or whatever, college education, you know, and they were a bit more, um, I don't know, like... Uh, like interested in culture, right? I get interested in culture, but they're just, they, so they were just, they went to college and they got professions, you know, rather than, you know, the kids that I grew up with didn't go to college and kind of are like, you know, have all these kind of have weird paths through life, you know, some, they like start businesses, they do have these kind of weird s- scams that they're running, running some of them, you know, um, but, but like, you know, then the, 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 the sort of the intelli- intelligentsia that I met, you know, was more about like, they became computer programmers or they became attorneys or they became... You know, they went and they you know, got their MBAs and went, you know, went, you know, went, like, went up through some corporate ladder and, you know, are doing work for themselves. So that's like, there's only, and the, the, there was never even like any kind of brush with any of the kind of any bohemian um, community. Do you know what I'm saying? Like not yeah. even little Monofs, you know, experience, you know, that would have been pretty cool. But like that, so there was none of that. So like, I just had sort of the most basic kind of immigrant experience. Some of them less educated, some of them more educated. That's, but they're pretty much exactly the and same. And also maybe lost too, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, lost? Like, it's not like they had a very uh, clear view of what the no, no, I mean, thing they just, is. Like they're no, just they more were, culture. Yeah, yeah. They, they had the, the most the most basic stuff. And so I don't know. Like yeah, as a, as, a, as, an, as an immigrant, you know, it's like you kind of really to 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 try to like figure shit to figure shit out for yourself. It takes time and it takes maturity and it takes years. Um, uh, if you ever, if you ever do it, even if you, know? you ever, because yeah. I feel like outside of I don't know whatever you call it, like creative fields, humanities, like sometimes you never have to. No, and point? also if you settle comfortably with another immigrant or go full on American, like settle into the yes. American life with an American, I feel like you never have to. Yeah. No. Exactly. And then it becomes like almost just some kind of I feel like an ethnic flair. Like you know, a lot of people, as you say, what is an American? People yeah. in American immigrants, and they frequently have like a grandma who is I don't know Indian or Russian yes. or this or that, and then they have like a bit of a funny accent, and that's and that's what the only thing that remains. Yeah. Kind of oh, they're like a bit. Yes. And funny. Yeah, like oh, I, you got you know cook to cook. You know how to cook some interesting yeah, dishes. Yeah, oh, that's the food you yeah. might. And you have some stories from the old country about how you know terrible it was or something. You know. Yeah, uh, some, like I mean, it's, I think it's fairly rents like it's fairly yeah. similar across. Yeah, America's very America is like very um, accepting it, it likes, of this. Accepting of the food a lot. Food and like <laughs> and like it likes sort of like it, it likes oh like some kind of like victim narrative of like you ran away from someplace it's sort of like again it's like again america loves that stuff because it just confirms how great america is how how um and like you know how like blessed you know americans are we're having grown up here and not out there without struggle yeah and and like because look at all these people are running in so just again it the america the standard immigrant story is just meant to confirm 
like sort of American cliche ideas about themselves. You and know, it's about what's their helpful American to America. It's like, yes. a, as you say, immigrants is like very important to just general American yes, narrative. It's, it's not like you're yeah. writing about some uh, niche thing. I mean, the, what else is America? No, exactly. And America is obviously a nation of immigrants. I mean, correctly so. I mean, it's just a wave, a wave, a successive waves of sort of these crazy immigrants that are like, want to just, you know, create... I mean, uh, uh, live better basically no create a better future for their children yeah, create a better future for themselves basically escaping some kind of like something you know from the old world you know some kind of thing and, and they're dreaming of land and a, and a house and some and then maybe you know back in the day it was a farm definitely um, yeah. and like their own farm and meanwhile you know it's a, this sort of this sort of industrial um, bulldozer that's just bulldozing everything in its path and you know genociding everything that everyone and everything that's lived here before and sort of creating this new society um, and so, you know, and then it's, of course, has this image of itself. Uh, and, and, yeah, America, so the, the constant influx of victims from around the world, you know? And, you know, it's really how important. You, yeah. It's very important. And also how you, like, you, you pointed it out. And then when you look around, it's so true. It's, like, also predicated on those, like, waves, like, keep coming. Yes. And also, the, the first, like, once the immigrant, like, the, the, the wingmans come yes. first, they don't mind being somewhat, like, exploited. Yes. You know, work-wise. And, like, and, and then they grow, grow out of it. Yes. And then the next wave comes. Yes. And that's what you told me when you look at the, um, how the, history of um, what do you call bodega owners changed yes. or the motels yeah oh, yeah it would be like there was the, there was a lot of like yeah, Vietnamese owned you know liquor stores and they, they sort of and yeah and I mean, then and then someone like, who, yeah. who is now I don't like, know actually who knows more like Middle Eastern I guess yes. you know you notice the yeah. switch yes like it used to be Korean and then not Korean anymore Korean yes. now more of the professional class I know I know I'm simplifying but there are definitely this waves yes of and course. that's what keeps it working <laughs> no and, and, and uh, can you imagine what kind of crisis America would have if suddenly people stopped wanting to come here it would have, it, I mean, it would be like, I mean, it would be like, because it's like, it's almost this country's predicated on it wanting to attract, yeah. that it's this attraction, this magnet for other people. So imagine if people are like, fuck it, we're not coming, this place sucks. America, I wonder, that would be a pretty interesting thing. Um, may, maybe it'll happen sometime but in the future. you know, also what's interesting, I mean, yeah. it's sort of tangent, tangent to the issue. Like, sort of this waves of immigrants uh, do come, and um, obviously not all of them succeed, but a lot of them do, and they kind of, like, integrate into, like, I guess, middle class or whatever. It means low middle class, middle class American life. Yes. Um, but somehow black African-Americans who are actually off this yes. land for generations yes. do not integrate. Yes. And that's like the or most Or they're not like allowed to come up. Yeah, yeah, not allowed to come up. It's how you talk about it. And it's super interesting. I don't know if that's the correct explanation of the thing, but it's really kind of bizarre. And it creates actually, I feel like in the immigrant communities, what it creates is it creates like more racism because yes. they know they struggled and look where they are now. Yeah, it means that there's something wrong with black people that they can't like come up like that. So yes. that's a very that's a super common immigrant thing. It's not just Soviet immigrants. It's like no, 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 yeah. not Soviet, just any immigrant. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, but basically all immigrants yeah, look down yeah look down on black people because it, they totally. seem they have no uh, solidarity with them. It's like what are you doing? Like you've been here for generations. Why you know, are you taking welfare? Yeah, while like, you're on welfare, it's because you're lazy. It must be something wrong with you genetically. You know that kind of stuff. So yeah, so there's a. And so it like and it is interesting because it kind of shows you there's like these structural things that are in America that clearly like structurally um st like structurally um prejudiced i mean against black people <laughs> it's because it's every other community is allowed to come up and they aren't it's like um and uh yeah it's 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 really fucked up and so but that's another part of like being an immigrant in america and actually trying to look at america as it is rather than looking at it from this from the from this totally you know fogged up 
uh, uh, extremist almost, you know, a perspective of a new convert, you know, um, like it's very, it's very difficult, you know, I mean, I don't know, it's, 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 it's unusual, I guess, but it's also kind of, um, you have to reconcile a lot, like a, a lot of different, there's a lot of, there's a lot of different contradictions and, and, yeah. and things like that. And so, because I'm also not like, you know, there's, it's really popular now, you know, for, you know, for, kid, for, for, Stalin. <laughs> for kids online to be Stalinist, you know, it's and it's all like, and it's like, okay, it's funny. It's like, it's good to troll the libs with like that. But, but like, you know, I'm also not like advocating for a return to the Soviet system because it's has a, a lot of problems uh, itself. And so it's like, you know, I'm like stuck as an immigrant trying to like figure this stuff out. You're like stuck between these two poles of like, you don't like you you kind of reject the, the, the underlying values of the society that you live in. And you kind of reject the, you know, a lot of the values, a lot of the things oh, the about, society you came that you from. came from, right? And so where the hell do you, wh- what do you have? But I feel it's the only right way. Yes. And I think I probably brought it up before. And so it's so rare among, um, among any immigrants in general and Soviet immigrants specifically. And um, I told you, like, this artist, I kind of, uh, like, they're obviously old and probably not relevant anymore, mm-hmm. who, like, created uh, so- art, social yes. art, who, like, were making fun of uh, Stalin and Lenin and making this, like, really kind of, I mean, I guess they were closer to pop art than anything, mm-hmm. weird paintings. And uh, they eventually... St- um, they stroke uh, big in the art market in America, and I think they were like probably... really big in the '80s, right? And then yeah, like when, when they were able to finally like yeah, because they immigrated and then they managed to show their art here, like whatever in New York, and they yeah, and they became kind of famous and like you know legitimately they were able to make some money off. Yeah, of it, and yeah. I think I, I don't want to say they're rich. I don't know. It's probably those money they probably don't last, you know. Yeah. But yeah, they sort of were successful of their art. But it's not a bit what I um. What's the guy's really... name? Because he's a. Uh... Because you uh, talked about it, you actually talked about him before. Uh, yeah. yeah, one guy, I, I don't know much about the other, but they're actually a duo, Kamar uh, e Milamed. Yeah, so right, one, Milamed. they're both Jews. <laughs> that's how they immigrated, actually. It's it, it victims. Yeah. Oh, they're victims. Yeah, they immigrate. I, I don't. I wonder what the immigration process was like. Was it straight to New York or through camps? I don't. I actually don't know. And one of them, like the, I feel like the um, Milamed, Alexander Milamed, and he would say, yeah, like uh, the most. Um, kind of mind-boggling thing is that you come from this society that is clearly horrific like yeah. definitely horrific like the way it works like the hypocrisy like everything so it's like uh, across probably um soviet classes people agreed that it's bullshit yes. and you come to this society and you think oh this is gr- this is gonna be great yes. this should be amazing and it's not and it's a tragic society yes. it's probably I, he didn't say that but it was clear he would probably agree it's kind of like a weird death cult yes. like <laughs> crazy consumerism for nothing I mean it's not clear how like this is not necessarily a very equal society yeah. either it's uh, both horrific so it's like double um, disappointment or whatever yeah, Dis- no, one disappointment like, another disappointment like how many disappointments in life can you have no um, exactly exa- so yeah, uh, yeah. yeah so I That's think there are people yeah. who like talk about it but it's just like I feel no one really interested to, li- to, to no one actually interested to hear that I feel no, like no 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 I mean look America it was kind of interesting I mean for this for Soviet dissidents or for you know like the kind of the people who were unhappy with life in 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 the Soviet Union you know not just dissidents but just people in general you know I mean the the fact that America existed yes and the fact that America existed and like they didn't know what it was uh, but you know but they had like they had an idea of it um, the fact that it existed was you know like I think it was psychologically. Yes, psychologically, it's very. Yeah, it's, it makes things easier because you at least have like some kind of, 
you realize there's like an alternative and far away happy land yes and like there's something to strive for and there's something to maybe like but when you when you when as as a kind of as a as a double dissident immigrant or something you know it's like you when you uh, don't like that society and then don't like the society that's supposed to be the best society on earth um like and there's no there is no nothing else to go to there isn't a thing out there to like dream about because we kind of live yeah like in the end of history in america there is there's absolutely no alternative to the sort of this consumers capitalistic hyper industrial civilization that we inhabit today like there's just no alternative even like the even like the you know the dsa the and like these sort of lefties in america that are kind of more mainstream i mean even they don't have an alternative their alternative is just to take this system and sort of put it under you know the control of a socialist, you know, of 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 of, of, of socialism, you know, which is basically create a, 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 a kind of a you know full automated luxury communism or whatever, you know, which is basically, you know, basically to create to for 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 people for the the idea is that even the lowliest worker will live like the richest person in America, yeah. you know, it's like, but that's like that just only affirms the values of the society that sure. this is the ultimate light thing to live for is you know material possessions and but isn't like it like the common um, saying whatever is pretty banal the ideology here wor- works yes. because a majority of people like look at themselves and feel like they're like millionaires to be yes. about to become a millionaire yeah. and that's their ideology and that's everything they believe in and that's why they don't want to necessarily tax millionaires yes. because they're just about to strike yes. big I yeah. mean simply yeah, I think it kind of feels could, true no exactly like, and, that, that's how people and like of and then you look at it you look at the way the society is structured it's like you know like look we live we live we live in this kind of apartment um part of the neighborhood but Los Feliz is an extremely wealthy neighborhood especially like the parts that are closer to the hills i mean you you have these mansions right you have these um i mean real mansions uh, that people yeah dollar like mansions. just and then like and you kind of see that you know this is they're almost at the, they're like coming toward to the peak of society these are like this is the point you know 1% of 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 america of the world maybe. yes of the world and then but then like as you go out f- away from the hills and like out into the you know into sort of the flatlands into the valley and then even beyond to places like Victorville you know where I lived for a while and that r- really radicalized me against America I think it, it, like conclusively um, you see like copies of the same mansions except they get cheaper and cheaper and cheaper and shittier and shittier and shittier so yeah. even like the people who are poor and you know maybe working a, you know like a w- wage uh, salary at a, like a construction site you know they draw drive their two hours back home to a replica of a mansion that sits up here in the hills you know and they have their you know their they have their two-car garage they have a their pool large sometimes some, sometimes a pool they have their you know like laundry room they have their um, master bedroom and bathroom you know with in the, two sinks with maybe. two sinks and like a jacuzzi tub and a shower and like a separate walk-in closet you know but it's all shittier it's all smaller it and it's like exists you know on the very periphery of, of civilization Whereas, you know, the rich people live in the nicer parts of, of, of civilization. Yeah. So it's like everybody has like there's like, you know, it's segmented. For, the dream is to be the, to be a lord in your own little domain Definitely. and to be and to be the millionaire. And it's sort of people are sold sort of these replicas like that get shittier and shittier and shittier, you know, d- depending on what you can afford. Yeah. But, you know, what's funny, like um, uh, when we were once waiting to get medical weed. <laughs> Oh yeah, exactly. <laughs> I overheard that. It's not medical. What do you mean? It's just legal here. Ah, it's legal now, right? <laughs> yeah, it used yeah. to be called medical. <laughs> medical marijuana. It's not just marijuana. Yeah. You're you living yeah. in the past, baby. You Ex- know. Excuse me. Yeah, it's you live in like I don't even know how many years. A decade, like 
Because we used to have to get doctor's permission. Yeah, anyway, yeah, whatever. Yeah. And uh, there was in the parking lot of that facility, <laughs> yeah. there was a guard and guarding that facility. Guarding the weed. <laughs> guarding the weed. And, the, you know, he was guarding the weed pickup. So I guess he wouldn't be robbed of a yes, joint yeah. or he something. He was like, had a gun and everything. Yeah, yeah like, I mean, it was interesting. I was like grateful, he, I guess. He, yeah, I thought, had, like, no one would steal my joint yeah, we with were that in, kind we of were guard. In, Glendale. Yeah, he was guarding um, the us. parking lot. Us um, and, and uh, <laughs> he was chatting uh, clearly with um, just the usual customer yes. uh, of that facility. And he was telling him how he is like looking to buy a house and uh, what's yeah. his like kind of price range and what he's looking into. And he was clearly talking about exactly what Yasha yes. was saying. Of course, yeah. he was looking into buying kind of clearly in a, some kind of, as you say, <laughs> politely peripheral of civilization. Out in the, the desert. Yeah, uh, yeah. To to buy basically. A Mac mansion. Yeah, he wanted a Mac and mansion like with a pool. Well, it was he wanted a pool. What was important was a pool, and that he doesn't have to do any repairs before moving in. Right, he wanted to be all nice. Yes, he's like, if I'm paying the money for it, I want it to be all ready and nice. Yeah, yeah I think he was ready to pay some. So like you have, yeah, you have a security guard, you know, living the life of, and dreaming the, li, li, about the living the life. No, that's not just dreaming. He can get when that. I, look, when I lived in Victorville, I had a three-bedroom house. <laughs> uh, God, I'm trying to remember how much it cost. I think it cost $1,250 rent for a three-bedroom house with a... I mean, I could probably install a pool there if I wanted to, you know, like... But there's yeah. some houses with pools. Um, you know, it's like, it a huge house um, for, for, the, for, the, for a price that you, you could you only maybe get like a one-bedroom here in... in, in, in yeah. So it was a bedroom, So no, apartment. so that, yeah. that clearly exists. Yeah. But you know, the whole ideology here is actually... I don't know if some people, like, kid themselves that there is a, a big kind of like what do you call it um re reaction to the the main yeah. culture but i think it's actually as you say or even actually dsa is not really no. i mean it wants to be more fair to the poor people yeah, or whatever poor people rich. Yeah, yeah but it's actually it. yeah like everyone uh, with a, everyone with, a, with a, every every man every, a mcmansion in every house <laughs> so, i mean so in a way yeah. but it's actually it's not very powerful no. either and I don't know it's I mean it's sort of related but when you think even of the big what do you call counterculture figures that are still considered kind of like counterculture even though they're like as if stra straddling both worlds like someone like I don't know people think that he was making fun of consumerist consumer society yes what do you say consumer culture, consumer culture right yeah. whatever like all this artifacts and yes. fame and glory but actually and speaking of um, Alexander Malamed the, the yeah. Soviet <laughs> the Soviet Benjamin artist um like he met him like they met him when they moved and they became you know friendly because it's the same New York art circle and they realized that he was saying whoa no <laughs> they were duped by Andy being in Soviet Union or just being on the periphery of that and just looking into his stuff yes. he was all about business and I, I know people probably like people who are in the art world kind of know it but they still respect him for for what for noticing the consumer goods here yeah. and bringing them in the posters no he was real, literally genuinely thought that the best art is business yeah so he was doing art as business and business is art and it's all america and he really loved coca -Cola. like it's basically it wasn't ironic it's wow. like he actually was celebrating him yeah he was genuinely celebrating he was yeah. genuinely about business he really loved money like I mean, it's not. He wasn't ironic. Yes. So in a way, I, I don't know. I think it's related. And it's not surprising that he's so successful. Yeah. And he was extremely successful yeah. in this um, very, I guess, mainstream it's funny, way. So this guy, they were. So this, 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 this kind of like simple-minded Soviet immigrant, you know, yeah. whatever artist. Yeah. 
like it was like wow you know this is a really dissident guy look at him critiquing American consumerism that's what they thought they're like whoa and they're they like make- wait this guy actually believes this is pretty funny <laughs> yeah and that's what you said wait no 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 I don't know if he believes in it but he is all about like <laughs> making Money. a buck yeah. and truly being satisfied with it right he's not like a, some kind of tortured artist um, kind of um, I don't know upset by American consumerism yeah no 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 no, no. so and, and when I heard that I was like yeah like I guess I was duped too because I mean it's also like weird yeah because I, I never yeah, I mean, I don't really know much about it, but I, you know, I've seen as obviously I've seen these things reproduced, and I, I read actually, his diaries. He's funny, whatever. and I've seen and I've seen yeah, this stuff. I've been in a couple of exhibits of yeah. uh, Andy Warhol, and it's like, I mean, today, like you can't think that it's anything but like mocking this sort of right the consumerism, right? Right, right. But I mean, but why, why, why should it be? Yeah. Uh, no, yeah, like, yeah. yeah. Now it feels like almost yeah. like more satirical than yeah. it actually was I don't I don't know or yeah, yeah he, I mean in a way he's like a marketing genius because it's like seemed like it's a critique but was it it's almost like makes Campbell or Coca-Cola more desirable and yeah. famous how is it a critique what is he no. saying he's not saying sugar kills you he's like look this yeah. is all very <laughs> I don't know everyone can get the same color whether you're a billionaire or a bagger yeah. in a way right? I don't know so that's like it's it's clearly the weird America has a weird thing where it's like counter like it, it absorbs it's, tot- it's a totality it, it has a totality like it absorbs whatever dissenting voice that might be truly dissenting but it absorbs it if, it, if, yeah. if it's once it becomes a little bit more successful, I'm not talking about Warhol, even the yeah. truly like I don't know the dissenting voices, it absorbs them into you itself. Still, what are you like as 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 a creative person? What are you what are you what are you actually like? You're you're you know you want recognition, right? And sort of fame, I guess, and like recognition from society, and and it's like and and in, in America, recognition for your smarts, kind for your, of, for whatever, whatever, your, your creativity, talents, for yeah. your talents, and like but once. And once you gain like a following or like you know I don't know an, an audience or whatever it is, it's like you immediately get wrapped right into into this into the system that you're even critiquing, and it's um, um, I mean it's like uh, yeah it's there's because I mean I don't know there I, I but I don't really know anyone who really I, don't, I guess it, I guess the the problem is like it isn't just it isn't just um, um, restricted to you know immigrants or Soviet immigrants I mean it's like we we kind of you know reflect a an aspect of American culture, you know, because we, we, that's, we, but like in the, the, this aspect of American culture is that there is no alternative, you know, like you yeah. are, you, even like the critique is, is, becomes sort of wrapped into the, into the, how, how amazing this place is. Look, you can criticize this. Yeah. Like you can, you can talk about alternatives. Well, you can criticize it. <laughs> but in reality, I think the actual people who, I mean, the, you don't really find success if you really are, I don't know if you're thinking outside, if, outside of these structures. If, yeah, you're to, actually, if you're trying to be successful outside of these structures, I mean, there there isn't really a space for you. You know, if you're not like, if you're not willing to go on, I mean, it's because because everything, all of the, I mean, you know, we're looking talking about from like a sort of a creative perspective. If you're writers or you know comedians or filmmaker, filmmaker, it's like ooh, how do you get your stuff shown? You get it shown through you know all these platforms and, and networks and sort of and and sort of that, that are that are part of the system and so yeah and I feel like before it actually was like it was almost like I don't know obviously there was monopoly of let's say studios yes. rather than just platforms but it felt like there's like a bit more of a it was like a little movie theater where you, your stuff can be shown and you're not like part yeah. of the major narrative and you yeah. don't need to go through Netflix executives yeah. I don't know it feels like who yeah. knows what if I it guess, was a bit freer yeah I guess like, you can like have some I mean like you'd have to be like through 
I mean, like, you know, even YouTube will demonetize, so like, or they'll, they'll kick people off the platform right, that right. are, you know, it's a lot, frequently it's politicized, you know, like, with like I don't know, like Palestinian yeah, stuff. Yeah, but you or know what's interesting, stuff, what, 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 yeah. when you say like the, the truly, uh, I don't know, what's the good word for that? I, I, I keep saying dissenting words. Yeah. I don't know, the true um, dissidents of the system, the true, not the fake ones, yeah. uh, actually do have problems, um, let's say, um, having monetary success here yes, of course, because yeah. if you're truly sending this system not going to really like no. uh, <laughs> like I don't know not going to really accept you and a good example is I don't know I like bringing it up and it's like impresses me only more like with years <laughs> once I get older is like let's say someone what do I really know film yeah. like uh, someone like Todd Salons yes. who you know I truly is like an American genius of some kind of like a poet of American pastoral, I don't know, like a, of American suburbia, which is all America, majority, yes. well, all of America, most of America is suburbia and the suburban hell, hell of a life. And he actually, even though he did, he did make a number of films that are, I mean, actually only one was truly successful, I think, Welcome to the Dollhouse through Sundance, but, um, even later in his career, he had to like put his own money. <laughs> to mortgage make the his film. house, right? Yeah, I think he mortgaged his apartment. He doesn't have a house, and you know, he, loser. He, <laughs> yeah, but he like he because he yeah. actually the most radical thing he would talk about. He like, what does he care? He doesn't need money. What to buy a second apartment? Or he would use all his savings to make another film. Yeah, I think it was palindromes. It doesn't it doesn't matter? My point is that like someone who is like actually truly like looks at this place as it is and kind of shows it as a <laughs> like a really kind of disturbing, yeah. ugly, um, I don't know, like a weird um, kind of deadly yeah. um, consumer, I don't even know what, like life. Yeah. can't actually be successful. If you actually make people uncomfortable Cringe, like, and, and, yeah. and like uncomfortable, you know, and, and, and really... Like, I mean, Salons is like, makes you really, I mean, it makes America, like, I mean, you can't almost look at America. You, you told yeah. me you have a hard time looking yeah. at these films. And I think it's because you're probably more American than I am. Maybe, I don't know, because yeah. I, I, No, it's, I they're, like, they're like, they're like, it's it's like someone taking a knife and just going like. No, something small, like in the tooth, like. Oh, like a drilling, a, drilling no, the tooth. No, but he has a small tooth. Like small, a little tiny drill, exactly. Yeah, like yeah, a like, tiny one. Like a little tiny, he's like. Maybe like a, a really nasty mosquito too. He's kind of like. Yeah, he's no, he's look. It's true. I mean, I don't know. You look at any. Yeah, it's like look the the so so. I guess this is just saying like like this book, the Soviet Jew is not going to be successful. Is what I'm trying to say. Ooh, is that where we're going? <laughs> yeah. No, but okay, but you know what? What is monetary success? No, I, it's fine. Yeah, Fuck as long it. as I have mean, some, yeah, as long as you have some money to eat and, and live somewhere, it's not. I'm yeah, not it like looking, not, not looking to, for, for smarter because I mean, in that sense, like the Surveillance Valley is kind of similar because Surveillance Valley never went is like, it, it's critically success. People is is widely read. You know, mm -hmm. uh, it's kind of influential, but it wasn't a financial success at all. And so, which is fine I mean, because it goes. It like again because it, it's sort of it tries Posterity to critique. Posterity will remember it. It's a critiques the system in its entirety, and it doesn't try to like uh, be with one or uh, or the other team or some kind of like force within like the. Silicon Valley ecosystem and the sort of the, within the political system. I mean, to really be successful, you really have to have like a some kind of interest that you're, you're that you that you align with, essentially, especially in like you know political journalism. Like some like, institution or some side, right? Yes, yeah. Like I mean, I don't know. And but when you when you when you say like actually, you know, the internet itself is kind of a hopeless medium. It was created by these, you know, by these by the military, and it was controlled by these corporations from the very beginning. There isn't like a democratic, you know. Um, you know, a moment that we can return to, uh, like it totally blows up any kind of, like no one wants to hear that in America, you know? It's like, cause you, 
you have to have, you have to be hopeful about the internet you, you have to be hopeful that yeah. you can reform it you have to be hopeful that you can you know return it to some 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 um some some um good place that you know as long as you cleanse it from it's either the monopolies or you cleanse it from the russians or you yeah. cleanse it then you can like return the internet to some to some pure and democratic state yeah and, and as really you say you have to like remain hopeful while criticizing and then it's going to be surveillance yeah. capitalism whatever it's like and then it's going to be successful yeah, you take away the surveillance you know and you, re- you, re- yeah, you, you re- basically have to believe at the good core yes which i, I mean it's actually like a if you don't it's very depressing and i yeah. and no then, it is depressing you know, yeah yeah because yeah. i think like there's something i mean it's just it's know, or it's more truthful it's like it's like you want to be you know the sort of the sort of hope for things is like I mean, what's the? Well, I mean, I, I don't know. What's why? I, mean, I don't. I don't. I don't really have the need for to to hope for things. You know, maybe you it's don't? Cause, maybe yeah. it's because it's like a. Maybe it's it's like a. Maybe it's a part of the the, the, the Soviet sort of. <laughs> no, it's actually Soviet yeah. cultural aspect. We don't because actually, or just the Russian kind of Soviet culture, which is that you don't really. We don't need to like have this fake fake optimism but not only Soviet I yeah. think the Russian there's something there yeah, yeah, that's know, not it's, very hopeful it's hard for me to, it's hard for me to re, yeah. re, re, separate out what's the Soviet what's, what's Russian, Russian yeah. and, you know but yeah yeah and you, you know like um, I learned it recently and I want to read more about it so it's like I don't act like I I really I really know deeply what I'm talking about but um, I think it's the term of Mark, uh, Herbert Marcuse uh, repressive tolerance mm, yeah. I think he was writing about uh, not necessarily America it was like from I don't know 1960s from a book um, but generally the capital more like capitalist societies yeah. um, I guess Western Europe but America definitely has it I feel like yeah. the, the kind of like right it's as you say oh you can criticize this place like isn't it great unlike yes. the, the totalitarian countries but then when you think about it this I really I actually like it repressive tolerance because it's actually still very repressive it's tolerant to a degree yes. and then and then it starts repressing you know, which then becomes like how is it different from some totalitarian place that um, is just like dumber and does it immediately yeah. and makes like then the repression more noticeable to yes. everyone around yeah. while here it's like yeah, it will squeeze you, but it's not even. No one will even notice, and it will, will think you're just like you're because you're a loser. You're a loser. Yeah, you're a loser. you're a loser. It's like right. So this, I think that's partially. I, I don't want to like. I, I think that's what it is. Like basically, yeah. repressive tolerance. No, and it's like no, not yeah. the most noticeable way of repression. Exactly, smarter way of repression. Much smarter. You yeah. know, so it, I, I think that's clearly what's what's happening here. Yeah. Look. Uh, how should we end this? Well, I think it's a worthy book for you to write. Yeah, even though and, it's a little um, still, it's a little mushy in my head, but I'm like trying to. Um, I mean, I th- I kind of like this format. You know, it's a new format for me. I've never serialized anything like this. You know, because uh, books usually take a lot of time to craft and to kind of craft a narrative. But I hope that it kind of will, you know, come out in a more of a in a, in, a, in, a, in a loose structure. You know, where where it's sort of almost like a uh, where I think things through. Wow, even yeah. as I write it um. but but you know and again like you say how oh, books are not done that way but back in the day and I know how it was in America I know the Russian history of like yeah. book writing actually Dostoevsky you know, Dostoevsky he definitely serialized his novels because there were these periodicals yes. uh, and other writers would do that as well like they would publish semi like chapters every mm-hmm. I don't know let's say three months or something yeah. and, and then eventually there would be a book but uh, people would actually be excited and like would be almost like Waiting for the totally. next chapter. Totally. So in a, and it they, they, well. they didn't think through, think through all the. Well, you know so what? That I don't know. Yeah. I just don't know. I I imagine you know 
this actually seems to be a pretty structured guy. I imagine there's maybe an outline. Yeah. No, I have a I have an outline, uh, uh, and you know, outlines frequently change it when you start yeah. to actually write things. But no, I, look, it's kind of it's an interesting experience. I think it's it's uh, I'm I'm excited about it. I mean, I've yeah. I've been kind of putting it off for way too long. Um, um, yeah, I think it's gonna be cool. I'm excited. It's about gonna it. be good. Yeah. Anyway, and we'll continue our whole immigrant <laughs> our immigrant journey podcast. Yeah. <laughs> just two immigrants with a podcast yeah <laughs> two immigrants with a podcast yeah so we kind of have I think a sort of I mean it's not super unique but it's sort of unique for an immigrant for immigrants yeah for right? sure I mean look take, it's, so I mean, it's, it's not just a take it's a whole like life it's a whole uh, I think take is belittling it it's more like a whole life worldview sort of almost world view, no yeah. it's not a take it's yeah. not a hot take it's a worldview so it's like yeah so I don't know whatever yeah we're just doing what we're doing you know and, uh, so if you want to help two immigrants uh, with the podcast out, please podcast subscribe. Podcast and a baby. <laughs> podcast <laughs> married with a podcast and, and a baby. baby. Yeah. Anyway. So help out, subscribe. Subscribe, yeah, do it. Do the right thing anyway. Okay, thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.